Welcome to Chasing the Upside, conversations about living the FPL life. Jaxie and Nolsey, the draft duo, no less. Uh, welcome to Chasing the Upside. How are you? I'm great, Ben. Thanks for having us. I'm going to look forward to this chat. It's literally what we love doing, talking about FPL. So thanks for having us, Paul. Yeah, Absolutely. we've been doing the doing the podcast a little while, and when you sent the message in to ask, would be would you like us to be on your podcast? The two of us were like, yes, hundred percent. We'd love to. Uh, <laughs> Finally, love someone to that someone podcast. that listened to us. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it is nice being on the other side because, um, yeah, you can kind of just sit back and relax and and let the questions come to you. Aye, so uh, yeah, we're gonna have a we're gonna have a good chat. So I'm gonna start where we where where we always start in these these conversations is your FPL origin story. So where where does it all start for for you both? I think I think my origin story starts a bit sooner than Jaxie's. So I think like everyone, you're kind of interested in FPL. Even as a young fella, I'd be interested as in, in football massively. And you make an FPL team and after three or four weeks, you never change it. And once you don't change it, it's gone. And I, I think me and Jackson had that conversation with a lot of people. And we're like, oh, you're playing this year. And they're like, no, after a couple of weeks, I forget about it. And, and that's it. And that's the biggest thing that stops people. But about five years ago, and there's this league called the Christy Nicholson League. It's, it's literally our town. And it's like a load of people from any age, 18 to 50, 60 that joined this group. And since all my friends started getting involved, I started getting involved. And then that's when I started being like, okay, I can't miss a deadline. And when then you kind of get hooked on doing well and improving and whatever. And that went on, really liked the game, but then COVID happened. And I was living up in Dublin, we're from Ireland, as you probably could guess. And one of my mates was like, oh, you're playing FPL this year. I was like, yeah, yeah. He's like, oh, you should join our draft. And I was like, what the hell? What the hell is a draft, man? And he's like, explain it to me. I was like, that sounds unbelievable. So I started the draft and it took over my whole life. And my girlfriend <laughs> couldn't stand me anymore because that's all I talked about. And I just was fascinated. We'll get into exactly what makes the draft unique and what why we love it and why we kind of chose to go down that route. But once I hit the draft, I was like, FPL is now my life. And as you said, kind of before we start recording, you start following a couple of people on Twitter, you start looking at a bit of YouTube. And my favorite quote that I always say is the more you know, the more you know, you don't know. And I didn't know anything about this Twitter sphere or, or the YouTube kind of arena for FPL. And it was just mind blown. I was like, Oh, my God, this is like a whole world, a whole community of people that play this game that from the outside seems insignificant. You know, when I describe it to someone, and I'll let you, Jaxie, talk in a sec, sorry. <laughs> when I describe it to someone, they're like, so are the players real? I'm like, they're real in real life, but we pick them in a game and you describe the concept to them. And they're like, oh, whatever, whatever you think, whatever, whatever keeps you happy. So, yeah, once the draft took over my life, I met Jaxie only, when did we meet Jaxie? 2020, summer oh, of COVID. 2020, yep. So I suppose my FPL journey kind of starts when when i met nolsey um i would have been one of those casual players like maybe five six seven years ago i'd make my team forget about it um or else i just wouldn't play a year like i'm a big tottenham hotspur fan so i'd be just watching the spurs games and i wouldn't really immerse myself in the premier league and then yeah me and nolsey were living together in galway 
Uh, so it was over COVID. There wasn't much to do. There was football on. Um, and he started telling me about the draft. And he said he's in a group with these 10 other guys from Dublin that he knew very well. And I didn't know who any of them were at all. But playing each week, there was a group chat there. And I actually got to know the lads in the chat very well, just by trading with each other, having waivers. And we we're just having great crack. I, I was like fun. I never had playing normal fancy football because everyone had the same team. But this there was just more conversations going on about trades, about waivers. And we we're all conversing together. And I think it was the community that the draft built. That's what made it a bit more exciting, made it more interesting. And yeah, like Nosey said, he won his first draft. I It was only, yeah, last year I really committed to the draft and I won two two drafts out of three that I played. So I was like, geez, I'm actually, I'm not too bad at this. I Yeah, because of my rank. If you look at my rank in normal fans football, I'd say I was in the millions. And then I played the draft and I was beating lads that will be regarded as very good fancy football players. So I was like, I must be, must be okay at this. And then because I was researching players every week, um, I know my, I have a degree in college and it was like data analytics and there's a lot of research aspects to that. And I was like, I can bring this, my interest in that into fancy football. And I'd be researching players every week. And yeah, the love for football combined with maybe my, my college and my university research they kind of combined into one and it was fancy football yeah and i know we, we we've talked about the draft a bit but all the same concepts apply um normal draft or normal fpl and draft in terms of what you're talking about in terms of the highs and lows and i think that's what the game is about you know at the end of the day yes it's great to have a nice rank and yeah i'd rather uh, i'd love to win my, my mini league but we just wait till game week 38 and just see, okay, what, what did I get? Oh, I just want to get 100K. And, and you've had 38 game weeks of researching, as you said, highs and lows, moments you won't ever forget. And I, I know it sounds ridiculous when we're talking about a fantasy game, but moments, I'll, I'll still remember exactly where I am or where I was when particular things happened. And we're always rushing, rushing, rushing okay, my rank is this now, let's get into the next game week and get my rank up. Or, or if I had a red arrow, I want to get a green arrow. And we don't enjoy the ride. And I think that's the most important thing. I think that we can get so caught up, especially on Twitter. Like I had a red arrow this week. I had no Salah and I could really get down about it. And, and like if I go on Twitter and I scroll through my Twitter feed, it's only the people that got the green arrow posting. And I could just like scroll. I literally did it today for 10 minutes until I found a post that wasn't like about um, Salah or whatever. Someone said, I had a shit game week. I'm like, fantastic, some honesty. And I think everyone wants to do that, especially on Twitter. Like they, they don't want to talk about when they have a bad week and they only want to, you know, they have some particular person captain, boom, they'll post. And that's when they get the joy. But we, talk about it, we talked about it on our last podcast. And I think it's because we, we were coming on here that you can get very high and very low during FPL and it can dictate your mood. And it, for me, it has dictated my mood in the past. I've never, I'm not going to say I went around in a real bad mood because I didn't do well, but I definitely was in a better mood when I did well. You know, I could, I remember we were out two weeks ago and we had just uh, finished the season for football over in Perth. 
and having a good time. And then I checked the scores and Saka or whoever scores. And I was like, now I'm having a great time. And like, I remember that'll stick in my head. I finished the season with Emerald FC, the team we're playing with, and I had a savage week in fantasy and I won the draft. Like that would, that would be part of my weekend. So I try and actually grasp the, the, the highs more than, and this has only happened in the last couple of years and me kind of figuring out, I can't get too down about it. That if I had a bad weekend, that doesn't mean that that night out was terrible. So I think managing them highs and lows is the most important part about actually doing well at the game, not just doing, not just enjoying it and going for the ride, but I think doing well. Nosey, just on the point there about the highs and the lows of it, and you said, wait, you're waiting until game week 38 just to see your rank. And like, you're missing out on a whole season of enjoyment. You're missing out on 38 game weeks of enjoyment. And that's what we feel we can bring to the draft is you're excited for every single game week and every result. So let's say for this week, for example, I have I brought in Cole Palmer and I had Suchek. So in a, normal, everyone was talking about Salah or the day captain Salah. But me, I was the only person in my league that could have Cole Palmer and that could have Suchek. And I'll remember that. Um, and it helps you to be present with the game week because you can get frustrated. There could be so much other things going on. But having the draft allows you to be present and just to enjoy what's going on week to week. Um, but yeah, if I did, if Cole Palmer didn't return and if Suchek didn't return, I might be a bit frustrated as well. But because it did well, I was allowed to be present and allowed to to enjoy enjoy the ride for, for the one headset week. might have been in two pieces if he didn't score. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You probably wouldn't have you probably wouldn't have turned up for this uh, for this <laughs> chat um, if, if, yeah. if Palmer skied the penalty. Um, yeah. But so I think I think it's a good time to um, talk a bit about um, the, the game, the the, the the draft game. I I do um, I've just started like this season doing NFL. Um, fancy which which is um very similar setup i think uh to fpl draft um and i think anybody watching and listening to this um a really good resource is um your first episode your first ever episode where you break everything down i think so um so yeah anybody listening to this um that has an interest with draft absolutely go to that and obviously everything will be in the show notes because i think that's a really good summing up but for the people that literally know nothing about draft about this side of fpl um can you in a couple of minutes i know that's really difficult to do but just like a couple of minutes give the the headlines essentially of of what it is um and um and then obviously we'll just go from there take it away jackson i've been rambling on there i'll come in if uh, i feel you miss anything Perfect. So the draft, yeah, very similar to the American football draft. So it's what is the Premier League. So the English Premier League. We not what we normally do is there might be twelve people in your league, twelve twelve man twelve women league, whatever it is. And the beauty about the draft is nobody within that twelve person league can have the same player. And how this happens is it's what's called the draft night probably the most exciting part of the draft besides the mid-game week is the lead up to this draft night. Happens once or maybe twice a year, depending on how many times you draft. And it runs in a snake-like fashion. So let's say if the three of us were in a three-person draft together, randomized, I might get first pick, Nosey gets second, and then Ben, you get third pick. But Ben, you get third pick, and you'd also get fourth pick, and it would come back around like that. So that means that nobody within the 12-man league can have the same player. 
anyone that isn't picked then is what's on what's called the waiver. So you can waiver in a player each week. You can trans waiver in, waiver out a player. After that's done, there's a, on the free agency. So any player that's not wavered is on what's called the free agent and they can be brought in. The beauty about the waiver is if I'm coming top, I get bottom pick in the waiver. If I'm coming last, I can get first preference in the waiver. In between that, you can do trades. So I can trade Saka for Rashford. An example this year, I traded Bowen for Rashford this year. That hasn't paid dividends for me yet, but these are things that you can do within the draft. And what we do then each game week is it's a head-to-head -head league. So I might be playing Nolsey one week, and then Ben, I'll be playing you the next week. And then we do it on head-to-head on -head points. So a win gets you three points, draw gets you one point, a loss gets you zero. And then at the end, we do 19 game weeks. We split it two in two seasons. We find it keeps you a bit more interested because there's a shorter term goal. People might get disinterested if it's if it's 38. Um, it does give you time to get back if you are a little bit behind, but we find 12 man, 19, 18, 19 game weeks is like the, the sweet the sweet point for uh for an enjoyable draft. Um that's yeah I high level myself, Jackson. <laughs> high level I think... overview knows you. I don't know. If you take the amount of players that you would consider having having a normal FPL this season, there's a lot more actually at the start of the season. There's probably not more than thirty. You know, there's probably maybe three, four goalkeepers that are relevant. Um, maybe there's like eight defenders at the minute. There's a lot of midfielders. There's about ten, twelve, fourteen midfielders, and there's about three strikers. So that's about thirty, forty players, if even. And in the draft, I'd say I've had, I've owned about 50 or 60 players. Now, I'm a ridiculous waiver. I just do like seven, eight new players every week. That's it was an exaggeration. But I could put down 30. I've often put down near 30 waivers, 30 players that I could get in, not in the same position. But it just opens up a whole new realm of FPL and not just FPL, of in, interest in football. Like I watched... The Nottingham Forest game this week, just to watch Serge Aurier and to see how many points he got. And he, and because Serge Aurier got whipped at 46 minutes at halftime, I lost my game week by, a, well, sorry, I drew it by a point. So like I could be looking at, and this has happened before, Jordan Ayew, yellow card. And I've been watching, like solely watching Jor Jordan Ayew on the screen. And like, he'd, he'd make a challenge and I'm like, rah, ref, ref, yellow card. And like my girlfriend or whoever I'm watching would be like, what the hell? Like that was nowhere near the goal and you don't support Palace and they're playing Norwich. I'm like, yeah, but if he gets a yellow card, I'm going to win. And then he gets a yellow card and I'm celebrating like, like he's just banged the winner in the Champions League final. So Jaxie's given the background is exactly what happens. And then I just tried to give the kind of why we love it and everything that goes with the draft and why the draft is great and all the reasons that we love it for them tiny little moments, yellow cards, did they make it to 60 minutes? In normal FPL, you're looking for holes, you're looking for hat-tricks, you're looking for big things every week. Yeah, and I suppose that's everything that's happened every week. And just to touch on like, what is the draft as well, is it's the community that's around it. So it's me meeting all Steve's friends, uh, all, well, didn't even meet them, but chatting and making friends through the draft. Like I'm in a league this year with my brothers in it who lives in Greece. I have a mate who from college who lives in Toronto 
and then there's a few in Ireland and then I have another mate in Melbourne. So there's 12 of us all over the world who I'm good mates with. And if it wasn't for the draft, we probably wouldn't be in as much contact with each other. Like we're speaking every week, um, just maintaining this the connection with each other because because of the draft. We've like we've one thing, well, we've a few things in common, but the one thing in common with all twelve is fancy football and trying to trying to get the edge over one another. I think that kind of goes back to the psychology of it. Um, literally on the way here, I was t- talking to Jaxie, my mate from Ballyhonis in the west of Ireland, who is I think forty eight. Um, who I know only through FPL, met my other mate from Dublin, who is 27, who lives in Luskin, North Dublin, who I met, who I lived uh, close to for a year. He's the one who introduced me to draft. They met in London this weekend to present him with a trophy for winning the one of the leagues. And so the only reason that, they, like, if you trace it back, how these two people actually were talking is through FPL, and they're the two most opposite people opposite sides of the country and they were brought together by FPL and I think as, as you touched on there Jaxie the group chats and as you said you only talk to people because of the group chats literally some of my friends are in my league we could talk about we could go on about the leagues for ages but some of my mates again it's the only reason I keep in contact with them is through FPL and through the draft and through the the, the group chats because it's a lot more connected and what we actually created i suppose we kind of have to talk about it when we talk about community is called the t12 draft league and we found with the draft leagues they're very isolated best thing about normal fpl is that it's global and i could walk in and to a pub and i could meet someone to play fpl oh what's your rank and we have something in common because we're all playing essentially in the same league in the draft we felt it's it's very connected but in small small batches so we started the T12, which is like a ranked draft leagues. Um, and it's based off the mediocre 64. Mediocre 64 is like a dra- ranked normal FPL. And we did the same thing, 12 people per league. And you've qualifier rounds. So we're currently in the qualifier rounds. And the first 19 game weeks is all qualifiers. And where you finish based on, uh, on your position is where you go into the second half. And what we did, we added everyone into a group chat. So there's like whatever 70 something in the 72 group chat, yeah from all over the world that the only reason that we're in the same group chat is because we played the fantasy draft and again we're putting in trades we're talking i, I don't know half the lads i just know like fpl whoever it's in my contacts i don't know his name i don't know what he looks like i don't know who he is or what he is or but we have something in common we have the draft and i would feel confident and we have met so many people through this very short journey so far on Twitter, like one fella literally said to us last week, like, you know, if you're over in Sydney, come stay at my house, I'll, I'll put you up. And that, that was like one of his first interactions. And it's weird. I'd be I'd be safe to say that I'd be confident meeting any of them because I know we have something in common. I know we can talk about FPL. And if any, if the conversation ever goes dry, we can go back to FPL. So like literally within <laughs> a couple of weeks, this is how good the community is. though. In a couple of weeks, a fella's like offering a bid to us the far side of the country. I think that kind of sums up the FPL community. Mm. Um, yeah, you, it would never, a, a, a room full of people that love FPL, the, the conversation would never, would never go dry, I don't think, would it? But um, yeah, no, I think, I think you summed it up really well. And you, you sort of, there's lots of threads there that these conversations are, are kind of based on, like, you know, meet, like we're, 
I reached out to you. We're now chatting. You're in Perth. I'm in Southeast England. You know, hopefully we're going to, you know, stay in touch because we've got that, like you said, that, that common ground. So, and that is, that's FPL all over, isn't it? So uh, yeah, that's, that's amazing. And yeah, a brilliant explanation um, of, of the draft um, overall. But as I said, at the very start of, of the question, yeah, if anybody's got any uh, or wants any more info yeah the first few episodes well all the episodes are good but the i think there's a really good grounding for people to to get started so yeah all the all the stuff will be in the show notes for that um a quick one about so just hopping to the sort of the strategy of the head-to-head i've noticed with the nfl well I'd, i'd like to get your opinion on the the balance between skill and luck, which is obviously um, in in FPL, there's a huge amount of luck. There's and, and people have different opinions about what that percentage is. However, what I have found in the NFL head-to-head, which is my experience, and I and, and after this conversation, I'm definitely going to sign up to draft FPL. There's, there's no doubt about that. What I have noticed about the head-to-head is that there seems to be a, a maybe a bit more luck just because you can lose a game and still have a great game week. So you can pick all the right players and get quite unlucky about that matchup that week and then have a, a worse um, game week in terms of points and still win. So maybe it does evens itself out. So, yeah, what's your, um, because you obviously you, you play both games. So what's your, um, what's your opinion on that? Yeah, the head to head, we do the same. And there's nothing worse than smashing a week getting a 60, 70 pointer and coming up against the only person that could beat you. I think that is total luck. And I think you've seen it actually over the first like six, seven, eight game weeks, you can see the table and you can see the points scored. I'm sure it's the same. And I know a fellow that had Haaland and Embuemo and Matoma and ever, and he was like second from bottom and he had like 50 points more than the, the, the leader. So I think the matchups 100% is, uh, yeah, it's all luck. Maybe it does even out. Maybe I think it's the way you look at it and you think, oh, I'm getting so unlucky. But yeah, I got a draw this week with like, I don't know, 25 points or something. And uh, yeah, I suppose if I, I, don't, I haven't looked, but if I went up against probably nine out or 11 out of the other 12 people, I would have lost. So I think that part is just luck, the matchups, and you can just get unlucky because you got matched up with that person on that particular game week but at the same time and this is this has been my downfall one year i actually threw the league away the year jackson won it actually i was leading i should have won it because i was looking too far ahead and i was i was like in like three four game weeks time i was playing the person who was in second and i saw like two players uh, I'll never forget them. It was Mason Mount and Edward. And two of them at the time were memes. They weren't even playing well. But I knew that they had two savage fixtures the week I was playing him. So I was just targeting that week. And I traded them. I traded I traded Almiron, who was smashing it. And I traded Tony. Oh, I hate saying this out loud because, uh, yeah, it's it was the worst trade I've ever done. And it lost me the league because I was trying so hard to play the fixtures. I was tr- I was looking way too far ahead in advance. So you can navigate them because all the fixtures are there and you know who's playing what team and what game week. So you can actually navigate them before you even get there. That sometimes can be overanalyzing. And if your players are going well, sometimes just hold them and just hope for the best. But 
I think in terms of the actual overall look versus skill, why do the same people hit top 10K every year? Why do the same people do well in the draft? I think there's a serious amount of skill. Um, I know FPL mm-hmm. General did, he asked a similar question before and there was varying answers. Um, I would probably go 60%, no, I'd probably go 50-50. Maybe that's, I don't know. What, what do you think, Jackson? What, what would you put on it? I, I do think you can make your own look within the draft. Like you said, you look a, a few weeks ahead. But what I find, especially this year, is week to week, so much can change between suspensions, between injuries, between squad rotations. So if you're looking too far ahead, you might be, yeah, you're not focusing on the near future. So that's why I just more so look at week to week. And I might have a look at the player I'm playing against just this game week. And then I will change my team to depend on fixtures and depend on what players he has to try and counteract what, what maybe scores he'll get. So like, let's say if in an example, let's say if he has son in his team, I might try get Madison in my team. So it might counteract the returns of those players. That's not like, nobody's going to give me Madison or no one's going to trade son for me, but that's just an example of what I might try and do. Um, So, yeah, skill definitely does come into it. And in terms of getting unlucky, majority of the time, let's say, let's say if you do really bad, if you have a bad game week, most of the other players will have a bad game. Like if, if you just get unlucky, if you, you pick the right players, you try to do the right thing. If you're on it every week and you have a bad game week, majority of the time, all the other players will have a bad game week and you will just get unlucky that it didn't fall on your head that week. But if you're doing the right things every week, I do think it will balance out. Um, yeah, if you're looking at fixtures, as we, we always say in the more podcasts and how we recommend players is we look at fixtures, we look at statistics, and we'll, we have the eye test as well. So we'll watch the games to see if there's any players like might be going under the radar under statistics. And that's what we base our decisions off. And that's why we have done so well uh, in our drafts is we might put a, that little bit more effort into finding the, the players to pick or the waiver player to pick in each week that gets you the win. Like Palmer getting me the win this week. Not everyone is going to pick Palmer. And that's what got me. That's what got me the win. So it is going... Did uh, Parma get you the win this week, Jaxie? <laughs> <laughs> Did you pick up Parma in the waivers? No way. <laughs> hey, I had to, had to get it out. I had to get it out. That's me promoting, but, um, promoting myself. I think uh, FPL, Gen- or FPL, Gen- FPL Era had it up before, a couple of weeks ago. And he said, is the right decision, wrong outcome? And I think that, that was a great quote for, for us because we, as Jaxie said, we look at them three things and... I said it in last week's podcast that if I have them three things or a player ticks all them boxes and I suggest them and they don't score, what more can I do? I can't predict what's going to happen. So as long as I can accept the process as which I'm picking them players, I'll accept the outcome. And he kind of put it at ease that if if, if you implement them three things and it doesn't work out, well, you can't get mad at yourself when you can kind of get a bit frustrated is if you just pick them randomly and we're talking about the look you can have and i've seen people that don't know anything about football and you don't really know need to know a crazy amount about football to actually do well but they've had an outrageous week and that can just fall for them 
doesn't mean that they're the best manager in the world. It's the people that make the consistent right choices. And he said that, sorry, I lost my train of thought there. Yeah, sorry. The only reason that you can be upset with yourself is that if you make a rash decision or a decision that had not, you had no process to it, there was no backing to it, that it was just a, a pure random decision and it went against you and it went against like a couple of things that were looking you straight in the eye that they were getting rotated that they were playing a hard team all the basic stuff and it goes the wrong way well then you can get frustrated because it wasn't a right process but if you go with your gut sometimes they are the best things that's the best decisions that you can make that if you're looking at content and we can be inundated with content each week but if you're looking at content all the time and you really want to go a particular player, but everyone's telling you, you have to do this, you have to do this. And everyone's putting this as their thumbnail that this is the player to go for this week. And you don't really want to go with it. And there could be a couple of reasons or it could be just total good. And you go with the player that they suggest and the player that you thought was going to do well scores. There's no worse feeling in the whole world than that, because then you get mad at someone else. But you at the end of the day were the one that decided to go with their decision. So when you go with your gut and it works out there the, again it's the opposite there's no better feeling and i think nowadays and i i saw it last week i think until salah returned everyone was getting a bit nasty with content creators being like oh they're suggesting this player and they're suggesting that player and these are just people that i think it comes down to jealousy that let's say i don't know fpl raptor fpl fella or fpl um andy whoever it is um have a big following and they're kind of jealous that it's working out for them or they have a big platform and they they love when it goes wrong for them and i think that's one thing that is a bit negative about the community and everyone wants to get one up on the big content creators because they want to you know convince themselves that they know more or they're just you know uh, downright jealous so i think that's one thing that really has to change that if you think that that player is not going to do well that's fine go against them but don't come at a, a, um, a content creator for, for suggesting something or putting out particular content uh, and i'm not talking about us now we have actually had zero negative comments whatsoever so far thank god but i've seen it on the normal twitter because there's a lot more people engaging and i think it's uh it's one thing that needs to change if you want to go for a player that's your decision if you want to follow a content creator that's still your decision so don't get mad at them for, for suggesting a player to you and you taking their advice yeah i think i think that's 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 a really good point and something that for some reason i don't know i would say 90 percent of the, the sort of Twitter community is is positive and and genuinely just makes me laugh a lot of the time with some of the kind of um, the humorous uh, memes that go around and 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 a lot of it is um, a lot of people are, are very humble and, and and but there's just a small minority and but whether it's the FPL community or other little subsections of the Twitter community or, or society in general there's always jealousy and there's always people that don't want to take responsibility isn't there so yeah but I, I think that would be nice to sort of clear up but how you do that I don't know but uh it's uh yeah it's, FPL it's memes are my favorite yeah I actually was just laughing to myself the last day um I laughed and my girlfriend's like what and I was like oh, you won't get it and she's like no, no no say it to me and I said what it was and it was just the most ridiculous thing and she's like oh Okay, yeah, yeah, I definitely yeah. didn't get that. Like, yeah. you asked, get a life. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, 
just before we go on to the the final two questions, um, I just want to ask um, a sort of a slightly philosophical FPL question, um, and and that's whether you think that your your personality traits outside of FPL influence your FPL managerial style or vice versa. Um, so, for instance, you know, is your decision making in normal life, you know, quite aggressive or is it kind of conservative? And uh, and yeah, how, do, how does that merge in terms of your um, your overall strategy? Um, yeah, I might jump jump in here quickly, Nolsey. Um you might uh, you mightn't agree with what I say now, Nosey, because you know me more than <laughs> more than anyone else. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I suppose I am quite. I do think I'm quite a calm person. I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be too aggressive. Maybe, maybe on the soccer pitch when I'm playing a game myself. But or after a few points, <laughs> I would think I'm quite calm. And yeah, I did say my background was in financial analytics as well, so I would bring that into it as well so I would do my research before I'd make a decision I don't think I don't think I'd be one to do a, a trade mid-game week or something like that although like I, I remember last week or it could have been two weeks ago I said to Nosey I said I'd love to make a ra or an irrational decision here I know it's going to be irrational but I'd love to do it and he said no don't wait wait till the end of the game week and then make the decision so although I am calm and I do like to to yeah do my research on it and make an analytical decision, the urge to make a rash decision was there. Um but yeah, luckily Nolsey was was there to uh to, to calm me down. What about yourself, Nolsey? Oh what about me? I don't want to get into me. <laughs> I um I am a highly competitive person, uh to a fault I'd say. And uh I would have in the past wanted to go against um I want I wanted to always have a differential. I hated template. And I think that's why I love the draft so much is because there was no template. So I was getting frustrated that the decisions that were actually were right were the kind of steady and, and the right ones and the and they weren't like as Jackson said, irrational and a differential this week. They were the I wouldn't say boring. They were the sensible decisions. And I didn't like that for the first maybe three or four years that I played it like seriously. I I wouldn't, I've got in around 100K of the first couple of years. Um, and then I was like, okay, I want to actually get, look for a rank here. And I think I changed and I realized that you have to make these, again, I, I, I didn't want to, but you have to make these sensible decisions that it's a marathon, not a sprint. And I think that's kind of the difference between normal and fantasy that, Fantasy, normal fantasy is it literally is a marathon. And that's why I think you can't get too up and down because if you do a five minute pace and you're supposed to do it at four and a half, well, that doesn't mean your marathon's ruined. I think the draft is a bit more like a sprint in stages, like kind of Tour de France. It's a, it's a long thing, but you have to, it's little stages. They just have to win the stage. You have to win the game week. So I think I've, uh, I've calmed down in my decision making recently and went for a bit more sense to it and definitely applied what we talked about earlier in terms of not getting too high and low and uh, maybe i was talking about myself earlier when i talked to the content creators but like when i went with a content creator happy and when i went against them and maybe it didn't go my way i, I don't blame them anymore i kind of say i made the decision yeah i'd be i'd be like that myself 
I find there's so much information on Twitter and there's so much out there, a lot of people giving like recommendations like like ourselves, but I do find I like to make my own decisions. I like to go with my own gut. I like to come up with a player myself. If like like you said, going with your gut. Just doing the research and you know that you made that decision. Nobody else made it. And yeah, like that's me, me in person. It's I want to do something for me. I don't want to do it. Maybe I might do it for somebody else, but deep down you want to do it for do it for yourself. And I suppose that that side of me comes out in in the draft and probably why I love it so much. That happened to me last year, actually, when uh, I was wildcarding. And uh, what happened was I looked at the wildcard on live FPL, looked at it and made it up and was like, without looking at any other content and uh, decided it. And then I just went on Twitter and the, the, the wild cards that were being made were fairly similar. One, maybe two players different to mine. And I said, OK, now I don't care about going with a template because I came to that decision myself, realized that is the best decision rather than I think you, you don't feel like you've done it yourself when you've just copied someone else. And that's why I think I think both of us are similar that when you make a decision yourself by researching it, Again, that's the kind of gush and the head working together. And you get, hopefully, a green arrow at the end. Or you win your uh, weekly head-to-head. Um, <laughs> good stuff. All right, so um, final two questions. Um, the first one of the of the final two is is one of my favourites because these these conversations, um, as I keep on saying, are really meant to be a celebration of the game we we love, um, and and there's no better way to do that I don't think than to take us back to your your champagne moment, your your favourite FPL moment. Um, you mentioned earlier that um, certain FPL moments take you back to a, a specific time where you can literally remember everything in vivid detail. So yeah, um whoever wants to go, that's no problem. Um favorite FPL moment over to you. I'll go first. Mine's probably a bit more recent to yours. I'm not too sure which one yours was, but mine most memorable F- FPL moment came this year actually. Um well the end of last season. So yeah, as I mentioned, I'm a Tottenham Hotspur fan and it was last game of the season. Um, we were watching Tottenham, me and Nosy sitting down. I think it could have been one o'clock in the morning, maybe half twelve in the morning over here, watching the last game of the season. Our Spurs were playing Brentford, and I actually had Brian and Bomo or Buemo on my team. And I didn't start him because I was playing against Spurs. I was like, can't start him, last game of the season, I can't be starting a player against the team that I'm supporting. I wanna I wanna support Spurs in their in their last in their last game. And Brian and Bomo. <laughs> so this yeah so this was for me to to win the league. I was after winning like five draft games in a row. I was in no man's land uh, up until the last five games and Nolsey lost a few and Rory Harford lost a few here and there and nobody really saw me coming up the ranks in the last few games. And I was outside having a beer and I was looking in the window and I just seen Brian and Bomo score a goal. That game, he scored two goals and got one assist, but I had him on my bench. I was like, so the emotions were going everywhere. Like I was celebrating at the time. Yeah, he was celebrating because he was going to win. So Brian and Bomo, I had him on my bench. Spurs losing as well. And Brian and Bomo doing this. I started DCL 
and that game was on the next day, I believe. Whatever happened, DCL, DCL doesn't play. Brian Bomo comes on off my bench and for me to win the draft. So, yeah, that definitely stands out, probably because the uh, roller coaster of emotions that was going on in 24 hours, because I had to wait till the next day to see if DCL was going to play. And yeah, seeing and to wait to see if he would come on at all. So yeah, it was fairly nerve wracking twenty four hours, but definitely, definitely the moment that stands out in my memories. It's mad so um, how like a substitution would uh, make such a difference. I remember a couple of weeks ago, I was like, I hope Gabrielle doesn't come on. And as I finished the sentence, the screen panned to Gabrielle and he was like taking off his bib. And I was just like, no, and the got a good kick out of it. So a substitution yeah. can even be like as as exciting as a goal because it stops or makes someone come on. Um, sorry, like one. Yeah, I was just going to say, I had my, for most of that game, I had my hands in my face because I couldn't watch. I was like, what's what's going on here? But uh yeah, that it was just just a roller coaster. Just thinking back on it now, um, it's probably the most vivid memory I have of uh, last season. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. What, what what I love about that is I can I can sort of see you just you know holding holding your face, just in absolute bit. Someone coming over that doesn't play FPL. Everything okay, yeah. mate? Right, and then you explain. You think, <laughs> yeah, 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 <laughs> literally. Yeah, it's the beauty of it. Amazing. Yeah, um, my Nosey, own, my Nosey, own, over to you. Sorry, yeah, my own uh, my own memory. Unfortunately, see, this is where FPL comes into it as well. I'm a United fan, as you probably notice in the podcast. Um, and I probably support FPL more than I support United at the minute because they're so bad. And this story is about Liverpool goal. And I hate that it is one of my favourite memories, but that's that's FPL. I was up in Dublin playing the draft. Um and i was in the so we had like an open room and i was watching the game liverpool game through the 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 room uh, i was doing a bit of a workout doing a few bicep curls there looking over and i had i was losing this game i had like you know i was like five points down and it was like the 90th minute and uh i had allison in goal and i'm looking and i was like allison's coming up for the corner because Liverpool had to win that game to have a chance to stay in the Champions League. And we all know what happened next. Alisson bangs a header. And I run around celebrating a Liverpool goal. And I was the only one in the house. And the worst thing is, like, I was like, I have to ring one of the lads. Like, I have to ring. And I was like, why? who do I tell? Like, I can't celebrate this with anyone. I'm also celebrating a Liverpool goal at the same time. So, like, it's bittersweet. Liverpool get Champions League in the end. I win my draft game. Alisson, now Alisson... And this is where I suppose FPL comes into it. Alisson will always be a hero of mine. A Liverpool keeper will go down in history as someone I'll never forget. Like, no matter what age I am, I'll always remember that flick-on header. And it was a savage goal at the end of it. Something to tell your grandkids about that, definitely. Honestly. <laughs> but again, <laughs> there was this game back when was I was young. Old FPL. I was doing my bicep your, <laughs> your son is going <laughs> to ask look it. At me. Like, yeah. like, Dad, why did you call me Alisson? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ali, Ali Nolan. Love that. Yeah. Um, good stuff. All right. Well, just um just before we we bring this awesome chat to a close, I've uh, just got one last question, guys. So um yeah, what's the best piece of FPL advice you've ever received? Um I we discussed this uh on the way over about like 
decision making and, and stuff like that. And I think for me personally, and it applies to life as well. And I know we've got a philosophical uh, throughout this and I suppose that's the whole point of it, but it's it's zoom out. And we said that you can get so sucked into Twitter and Instagram or whatever you're consuming content on. And that red arrow can feel like it dictates our week. But if you zoom out and realize that the decision you make next week, although it was a bad decision this week or was a bad outcome, could be fantastic. I talked about it on last week's podcast that I picked Bowen one week and he didn't return. And the player I wanted to get did did return. And all week I was effing and blind and that feckin' fella suggested Bowen to me and blah, blah, blah. And Bowen then went on this hot streak, winning or scoring four or five games in a row. And I was like, hold on, that whole week that I was in the car giving out, um, that made meant nothing. I just wasted energy and and time giving out. So if you zoom out, and I think this is kind of good for anyone, even in life, zoom out and look at something or a decision over a long period of time. I think we can get so down about something that happened that might be insignificant or might even be significant. And we might let that dictate our mood or our life or say that this is the worst thing that ever happened. And we had this discussion uh, last week, myself and Jaxie went on holidays and we we're just talking in the car about someone, you know, it, he, he got let go from work. And we we're like, that could be the best thing that ever happened to him. But it's hard to tell that to someone at the time. It's very hard to comprehend that this could, for some reason, lead you down a path that you would never be there unless that particular thing happened. And I know we're talking about FPL, I'm talking about bone scoring a goal. But if you apply that to life, it will make, as I said throughout the whole podcast, them highs and lows a bit more mellow. And you won't get down about something that went wrong, whether it's your car breaking down or getting let go from a job or breaking up with the, your partner. That could be, in the long run, the defining moment that led you to do what you do. So zoom out. And that applies to FPL and to life. And I think if you actually zoom out and, and assess something at a later date and say, right, I'll pack this and I'll assess it again, it will make your life a lot easier, I think. Yeah. Um, my favorite, not favorite quote or favorite piece of advice was that last week, Steve. I wouldn't really take much advice off people who only have never really got much advice in terms of fancy football but it was yeah last week on our holiday I don't know who scored on the other person's team but I was like oh no my week week is finished it was the first game in the game week the the early kickoff never back the early kickoff they always say and it was the first one and I was a bit down or not not even down but I was like effing and blinding and giving out and Steve was just like it's the first game there's 11 or there's nine more games to be played. There's no point in you feeling down for a half an hour or whatever's left in this game because there's nine other games left to play and you could you could win the league. So you've just wasted a half an hour of your life on being down for, for no reason at all. So yeah, that stuck out to me to just, yeah, just don't get too down on the decisions that are on the, the external things that happen to you. It's you can't control. Once you've picked your team, you can't control what's going to happen. You can only control how you react to what's happened. So don't be too down on yourself. Just you'll have to wait it out and just yeah, um, just control how you uh, how you react to it. I'm Absolutely. glad I'm such an inspiration for you, Jaxie. 
This is the first time he's ever told me that that, uh, I, that I'm his idol. Well, I'm so glad that this conversation was a conduit for that lovely message. So I, that's that's amazing, isn't it? You've so, just brought two best friends together. Thanks, Ben. Even closer, <laughs> even closer now. So, um, Jackie Nolsey, um, it's been an absolute pleasure to to share the microphone with you for the last hour or so. So, um, thank you very much. Appreciate it. Thank you.